0: I'm so surprised. It's a Friday
1: morning, and NFL romp took place last night, and it involved the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm so surprised. I'm so surprised. That's just one thing to get into. We got the Bills versus the Cowboys. We got that. To get it to we got some NBA action going on of course Steve Kerr had to say something and point the finger at somebody maybe he should be on first take maybe he should be on first take but guess what he don't come before my man Mike T my man Bart Scott and the rest of the crew Big Perk gonna be in the house too along with Wendy stick around his first take y'all. Yo, you ready Mike T you ready let's go you ready Bart Scott you ready come on man born ready Jake's in the house he said they're ready
0: Good day, what's going on everyone? Welcome into First Take on this Feel Good Friday. Thank you for being with us. Crewed up per usual. Mike Tannenbaum, Mike T in the house. Good to have you, sir. Hold on. Bart Hold on. Scott. Hold on. Hold
1: on. Oh, y'all dressed up like Good morning, Molly. Good morning, Scott. Good Morning, Bart Steven. Scott. Mike T a.k.a. Mr. CIA, you know, this is a man, boss, Scott. I've never seen anybody in my life that I could talk to for 20 minutes. And I'm like, what the hell did I learn? What the hell did this man tell me? I mean, he just slip I mean, he's as slippery as they come. I love him. No, coach, T, Mike T, you do understand the responsibility that comes with sitting in that chair. You know, what chair you're sitting in right now. You understand that, right?
2: Well, you know, you have to have a big hat in the state of Texas. If you have a big hat, you better have big cattle. So I'm ready to go today. Okay.
1: I, I got to admit, I got I to gotta dial it back because I met the wonderful Mike T family. You know what I'm saying? When I was in Michigan, they are wonderful, wonderful people. And I always promised the daughter and, and, and the wifey that I would be very, very nice to Mike T. So I will.
2: I will today. I appreciate the fact that Stephen A. went to University of Michigan. My daughter, Ella, is part of the Michigan Sports Business Conference. Amazing. And even though Stephen A. wasn't salary cap friendly, he did a heck of a job.
0: Go <laughs> blue. All right, let's get into it, guys. Some NFL action. This is going to be a good one when Dak and the Red Hot Cowboys travel to Buffalo to face Josh Allen and the Bills. Here's Dan Orlovsky yesterday with a hot take on Josh. Listen up.
3: I think Buffalo wins this game, and I think when they win, Josh Allen jumps to the top of the MVP list. Ooh. Josh Allen is still probably second or third in a lot of people's eyes, but if he wins this game, he's going to take over the lead for MVP. All right. All
4: caps.
0: Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott are currently tied for the best odds to win MVP at plus 160. Dak's counterpart on Sunday, Josh Allen, continues to creep up the ladder, now having the fifth best Odds. All right, Sa. Who do you think's gonna ball out more Sunday, Dak or Allen?
1: I think it's gonna be Josh Allen. Um, now, I, I didn't know until I was watching Get Up this morning uh, about the inclement weather, uh, and so there are concerns about that because even though it's in Buffalo, both teams have to deal with it, and we get that. Um, but the flip side is, as great as Dak Prescott has been primarily for the most part has been against inferior competition not to mention the fact that they've been on their home turf away Uh, On the road, it's been a different animal for the Dallas Cowboys. Doc Prescott has had good road games, don't get me wrong, but it's been a different animal for the Dallas Cowboys. I just think that in a game of this magnitude, it's important for both, but it's definitely significantly important for the Buffalo Bills. Their season is on the line. They know this. They could miss the playoffs. The Dallas Cowboys are just playing for the division crown. They know they're going to be in, at the very least, as a wild-card spot. There's an elevated level of urgency when it comes to the Buffalo Bills, and I'm looking at Josh Allen, and I'm saying to myself, this brother is something special and and, and I, I know that he's been up and down in terms of his interceptions from time to time but he's got 35 touchdowns in the first 13 games 25 touchdown passes 10 rushing touchdowns he can beat you Uh, he's a dual threat obviously a very elite dual threat um and he's been in big moments before and uh, you know buffalo's the kind of team that responds to a big moment and then moments that they're supposed to respond to they take for granted and they don't show up they're not going to take the dallas cowboys coming to their house Uh, You know, and they're not going to take that for granted. This is their biggest game right now. I think they'll be up for the task, and I think when you look at Josh Allen and what he brings to the table with Bills Mafia in the house, I think this is going to be a bigger game for him.
2: Stephen A., I appreciate that, and I think Josh Allen's a really good player, but write this down. The Dallas Cowboys will not punt on Sunday. The Buffalo Bills are ravaged by injuries, and if they can't generate pressure, their opponents complete 75% of their passes – Dak Prescott is going to complete over 82 percent, and they will go up and down the field on the Buffalo Bills. They're not going to. They're going to score over 40 points themselves on offense. Wow, wow.
4: Yeah, I, ahead, want, I want whatever Mike is drinking this morning, whatever he has in his cup, <laughs> because I, I, I can't understand that one. You talk right. about Josh Allen, you talk about Dak Strong Prescott, t- and, and, and and we look at their record and how great Dak has been playing. Their road victories are against the Giants, the Chargers, and the Panthers. They've been benefiting from home cooking. Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills are essentially in playoff mode right now. We understand how hard it is to beat a team when their back's against the wall. It's either either win or go home for Buffalo right now, because realistically, if they lose this game, their chances of making the playoffs drop significantly. Josh Allen doesn't get the credit that he deserves, especially playing, you know, he's a a guy that played in Wyoming. He's a guy that's played in bad weather. So if I got to trust somebody to play bad weather, I'm going to trust the home cooking. You talk about they relying on getting pressure. Well, you get pressure when it's tough for guys to, for teams to have to go on a silent count. You talk about how ruckus and loud. We played in that division. We know what it's like to go into Orchard Park. We know how that is a college-like atmosphere. We talk about silent counts. You talk about guys getting laid off the ball. that helps the defense to be able to get more pressure. And we can anticipate that they're going to make Dak Prescott and in the, in, in the, in the Cowboys beat them death by a thousand paper cuts. They're not going to give anything
2: big a, a, across the but, you know deep. But, but what? No, hold on a second. But, Bart, here's the difference. Like, styles make fights. Yes, and does. last week, I, I don't, don't get them all right, but I said Buffalo was going to go into Kansas City okay. and beat Kansas City because Kansas City's tackles, Jawan Taylor and Donovan Smith, they've been penalized 25 okay. times so far. And Tyron Smith is a Hall of Famer, and that offensive line is going to give Dak all the time in the world, and he will pick him apart because of Buffalo's injuries. If they can't generate pressure, but, they are uh, a below-average defense. What about on the hey, listen, side, no, hold
1: on, though. hold on, hold on, hold on, boy. I, I get where you're coming to, from, Mike T., but here's my issue, okay? First of all, Dallas is undefeated at home. They're 500 team on the road. Sometimes, you know, like any given Sunday does apply here. You know, you didn't. You had no business losing to Arizona. I understand you got injuries on the defensive side of the ball for the Buffalo Bills, but they had no business losing to an Arizona team that didn't have Kyler Murray quarterbacking for them at that particular moment in time and were clearly and flagrantly inferior. But nevertheless, they still ended up losing that game. I'm looking at Dak Prescott on the road compared to at home. He's 7-0, 74% completions, 20 touchdowns, just two interceptions. On the road, 3-3, three three, 63% completions eight touchdowns, four interceptions. I'm also looking at Josh Allen. He's only been sacked seven times in seven home games this year. Got a 109 passer rating when he's in Buffalo. There's something about Bill's Mafia in that stadium, yes. that home attendance, that has to factor into the equation, particularly, Mike T, because we're talking about football, and we're talking about something that I can quote you on, actually could hold you to this quote, because you actually said it. you can't slip your way around this one. You do say any given Sunday, Mike T. You do say this. This is the NFL. You do highlight that anything could happen on a particular Sunday. Playoffs is different. The level of urgency elevates, and you understand the level of focus and what have you. But during the regular season, we've seen this kind of stuff happen oftentimes. I'm looking at that. I'm looking at inclement weather. I'm looking at a road game. I'm looking at the noise. I'm wondering about Dallas's penchant for penalties. That comes into consideration as well. And I'm saying to myself, excuse me, again, they are the better team. They should beat the Buffalo Bills. But can the Buffalo Bills win a game like this with Davis, with
4: Diggs, with Allen? Yeah, they could. I think I think the, the 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 circumstances are just right for Buffalo, right? Everything that they want. You talk about Joe Brady under Joe Brady. They're starting to use James Cook a lot more, take the ball out of Josh Allen's hands. But I trust Josh Allen a lot more at home. And with the home cooking. Dak Prescott, yes, I understand. He hasn't had those type of turnovers. He hasn't had those games where which he has turned over the ball and, and, and the opposing defense has taken advantage of it. I think this is the perfect situation. you got crowd noise. You, you talk about tip balls change games. you got inclement weather, right? Balls Slipping out of hands, fumbles, or things of that sort. I think it's the perfect time for the Buffalo Bills to get an upset. And I don't even consider it an upset because with the home cooking, I think all the things, the the, the
2: scales weigh in Buffalo's favor. Here's the other side of the coin, guys, that you have to address. Not all interceptions are created equal. And the fundamental problem with Josh Allen is this. Interceptions thrown with the lead is unacceptable. The league leader is Jalen Hurts with nine. Josh Allen has eight. Those eight interceptions are why the Buffalo Bills are on the outside looking in for the playoffs as of right now. You turn the ball over against Dan Quinn, who's led the league yes. in turnovers since he's been with the Dallas Cowboys. It's game over. So if I'm Sean McDermott, I am saying Josh Allen, you cannot throw an interception if we have the lead on Sunday. If he does, they have no chance to win. And that's where Josh Allen, he has to take the next step. He's a great player, but he has eight interceptions with the lead. And that that's really been their biggest problem. You can throw an interception when you're behind, gain the ball down the field, but when you have the lead, that's unacceptable.
4: I mean, according to Cam and a lot of other people, you got a game manager versus a game changer. <laughs> you talk about a guy that's dynamic with his legs. I understand Josh Allen. Listen. Dak Prescott has been impressive losing, using his legs, getting outside the pocket. You know what it's like to play in Orchard Park. You understand, you know, how those tackles struggle at times, being able to get off in, a, in, a, in, a, in a silent counts and things of that sort. They're going to be a step slow in Dallas when you consider the offense getting off the ball. And I just think that, you know, the Buffalo Bills right now, you talk about a desperate team. This is a team that very easily can have nine wins. And, yes, you are what your record, you know, says you are. But sometimes numbers and, and, and records can lie as well as far as the quality of the opponent. I think, listen, the offense of the Buffalo Bills, I think they're going to have a field day because they understand the elements and they're going to have all the added advantages.
0: Let me ask you this, Mike D. When we're looking at these two teams, Cowboys and Bills, I know a lot of people have the Cowboys as a frontrunner right now when we look at how Dak Prescott's played and the streak they've been on. And the Bills fell off a little bit, but they're still dangerous. They're still the Buffalo Bills having Josh Allen at the helm. Who right now would you trust to make it to the Super Bowl more?
2: Well, I would go with Buffalo from this standpoint. San Francisco has outscored Philadelphia and Dallas. 84 points for, for them against, I think it's 32 for Dallas and Philadelphia. So, head-to-head, San Francisco has dominated those two teams. And if you look at the AFC, Molly, it's a great question. It is wide open. You know, Kansas City has struggles protecting Patrick Mahomes, Miami's offensive line. All these other teams have issues. I think... Buffalo is the team, if they get in, yeah. no one's going to want to play because they can go on a roll. But their injuries on defense is a big concern. And if San Francisco was not in the NFC, I would go with Dallas. Mm.
4: Yeah, I mean, I'd w- go-, go with Dallas because sometimes other people do your work for you, right? So you don't know, you know what's going to happen with San Francisco. They're so – Co-dependent on all their stars, they're so top-heavy. They don't have a lot of depth. You know, we saw what Brock Purdy looked like if Debo goes down, McCaffrey goes down. I'm concerned with McCaffrey's usage. You know, I hope they pull him back a little bit more to try and take some load off of him. But we saw what Brock Purdy looked like when one or two of those guys got injured, and that's usually what, that's what happened in the playoffs last year. You know, if one of those guys get get hurt, you know, it throws everything off for, for San Francisco. So Dallas just has to beat one opponent that, that's tough. Right, especially if they are able to get the number one seed. If not getting the number one seed, I think they, they match up well against um, the Lions. They're going to play against the Lions as well. You know they have confidence in playing against Philadelphia. But like to your point, I believe if, if, the, if the Bills get in the playoffs – I think they're the most dangerous team because they're the team that has no expectations. I wonder if Dallas can handle expectations. Whenever we've given them expectations, they've already fallen short. Doesn't mean that that's the outcome this time, but just the history of the Dallas Cowboys. that said, when we put expectations on them, they fall up short and disappoint. Well I,
1: well, well, I agree with you. Um, in terms of what you just said about Dallas and expectations. This is why I love the fact that they're talking about Dak Prescott as an MVP candidate. Just elevate the level of expectations and they'll plummet like a bag of cheap bricks. I mean, we get that part. But the flip side to it, but the flip side, if we're being totally honest and 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 objective, uh, there's no doubt that the Dallas Cowboys uh, have a better chance of getting to the Super Bowl than the Buffalo Bills because really what you just explained about the San Francisco 49ers is where it's all at. The reality is, is that they're top-heavy. You know what? When you see Brock Purdy and how he looks with Debo Samuels and Trent Williams in the lineup compared to how he looked without them, then that's cause to pause and makes you say, okay, when they have all their ducks in order, there's no way in hell that they're losing to the Dallas Cowboys. They'll beat them up again. But what if they suffer an injury? What's going to happen then? We ain't even bringing up the fact that they lost four quarterbacks in one season last year and didn't have a quarterback in the NFC Championship game after the first quarter. So we got to take that into consideration. Then look at how prolific Dallas's offense is. Look at what Mike McCarthy's done. He lied to get the job. Like he said he joked about it. He lied and flattered Jerry Jones. Then he lied about taking over play calling on the offensive side of the ball to get rid of Kellen Moore, talking about he was going to bring more balance, yet they're throwing the football 56% of the times and running it 44% of the times. So there you have it. He just says what he wants to say to position himself to get what he wants. But he is doing the job once he gets the job. And we have to give yep. credit where credit is due defensively. Micah Parsons and those brothers being able to get at the quarterback and De'Ron Bland in the secondary with Stephon Gilmore. There's no doubt that the Dallas Cowboys really— Really, just have San Francisco standing in their way to get to the Super Bowl, and San Francisco's got to stay healthy. So I would say Dallas over Buffalo for this particular question.
0: Yeah. Listen, this is going to be a great game, Stephen eh? A., you know. 4.30 Sunday, might have to make a spread for this one. When it's a good game like this, that's when you really, you know, you got to make sure the food's right as well. This one is deserving.
2: It's got to match that level.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Last night, it didn't match that level. Uh, 63-21, yeah, you heard that right. The Raiders beat the Chargers 63-21. Brandon Staley's been on the hot seat all season, and his team has not lived up to expectations. Staley answering some tough questions last night.
5: Do you expect to be the coach here tomorrow? I don't know that. Do you you think it should be? Yes.
3: Why? I know that what I've done here for three years, and I know what I put into this, and, you know, I know that we're capable of going. Games like this happen in the NFL. To every coach that's ever coached in this league, you can look at any great coach that's ever coached in the league. Sometimes games like this happen.
0: (laughs) All right, I say, where do the Chargers go from here? Well, first of all, let's say this.
1: It is 716 West Coast time. If this man, Brandon Steele, has a job by 930, I'm disappointed. He should be gone today. Done. Over. Now, I want the record to show that nobody has been more of an advocate of his dismissal than me from the time he blew a 27-point lead uh, 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 against against the Jaguars in the playoffs last year. 27 to nothing. He blew it. But this is what I want to say. He's not a leader of men. He has no business being a head coach in the National Football League at this particular moment in time. And as far as I'm concerned, he should want to quit because the more he's on the sideline and the more he's in post-game conferences saying stuff like, I know what I've done over the last three, over my three years as a head coach. I believe in myself and this kind of loss happens when you get shellacked like that. I'm not saying he's wrong about those 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 that fact that this does happen in the National Football League. But to articulate that, after a straight, bum-rush kind of ass-whipping that was so epic, I mean, it was hard to put into words. I mean, we're talking about a, a Raiders team that couldn't score a week ago, and yet they get a hold of the Chargers four days later and drop 42 in the first half. I mean, this is a disgrace. It's horrible. And for and Brandon Staley, let me say this. He wants me. And by the way, happy birthday. You turned 41 Sunday. Congratulations. Gra- happy birthday. Okay. Here's the deal, y'all. Let's talk about him for a second here because he's a former defense coordinator. By the way, a defense coordinator that rode the coattails of Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey on the defensive side of the ball for the Los Angeles Rams with Sean McVay, his exceptional self, being the head coach. But somehow, some way, this is the golden boy. Okay. I, I understand. Let's talk about him for a second in terms of what he did, y'all. He wants to bring up what he's done over the three years. Is I got you. I got a 24-24 regular season record here, which ranks 14th in the NFL with Justin Herbert as your quarterback. That's number one. I got the 27-point lead, the blue. I got them being 0-5 this season. in game's decided by three points or less. I got eight fourth-quarter blown leads in three seasons. Eight! Eight! Eight, <laughs> boy, eight blown leads! Eight of them! Okay? We all know he, he came a game shy of, of making a damn play. So he of them, right? Oh, I got more. He's a defensive coordinator, right? Charges NFL defensive ranks in three seasons under Staley. Under Staley. 29th in total defense. 31st in scoring defense. 28th in third down defense. I mean, damn. The man got to go. Get him out of there. Oh, by the way, I'm not finished. He's, there's somebody else that needs to go. How about Telesco? The general manager for the Chargers. Let's talk about him for a second. This man has been your GM for 11 years. Mike T, I'm coming at you with this, baby. 11 years, three head coaches, an 84 and 92 record, ranks 19th in the National Football League, zero division titles, three playoff appearances, okay? And the man had Philip Rivers and Justin Herbert as his quarterback. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know what? You spend yours in the family. You clean house. It is now 7:19. <laughs> By 9:30,
4: they both should be gone. Period. Both of them. They should have hit him with the Forrest Gump. This seat's taken. He wouldn't have got on the bus, get on the airplane if I was part of that team. You, you saw that that Chargers team quit on the coach. We yes, saw them did. quit. They laid Done. down. They sent a message. They don't now, respect I, I have to push. I have to push back a little bit on the, um, on the general manager. Because the general manager, listen, you talk about one of the most talented rosters in all of football, you, you can stop and start with the Chargers. You talk about impact players on every level. Khalil Max having a career year. Hey, Bart, he made that trade for him. You talk Bart, about I'm not both. talking talent. I'm not talking about talent. I'm talking about he kept the coach. Fire him. Fire
1: him. You kept right. the coach. So you don't, need to go.
2: Okay, wait, he kept what, the six in a row. Right, right. W- one thing about Tom Telesco, though, in his defense was not everybody defense. was sold on Justin Herbert. He went after of, for example. So, let's just put him to a side. But to move the story forward for a second, Steve, A., you did the autopsy on Telesco. I get it. You do have to make that decision today. Unfortunately, I've been part of those decisions. You want to take this mini-buy, and I'm assuming it's Kellen Moore. I don't know who else it could be on that staff. Give him every moment possible to get into that seat, kind of like me yes. in your seat here so he can get as comfortable as possible for their last remaining game. So, look, it's not a matter of if, and it's really when. If I'm the Chargers, I do it ASAP so Kellen Moore can get in that seat.
1: You say it's a matter of when. I say it's a matter of Ben. He should have been gone. (laughs) He should have been gone. I'm talking about you could have saved your season if he was gone at the end of the players last year or at the the very beginning when they were nosediving this season. You saw. You got to have the pulse of players, man. This man is not a leader of men. He rode the coattails of Sean McVay. Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and they have not produced defensively. He does not. And by the way, Anthony Lynn, how much of a chance did you give him? His record was better as a head coach than Stanley. And, and I'm and I'm going and I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here because I get sensitive with this coach, and I'm certainly not. Uh, i Mike T, and I'm certainly not pointing the finger at you about something like this. So please don't take it because I'm not talking about you. But I'm telling you right now, you got situations. Black coaches don't get these opportunities, man. Mm-hmm. Not with this kind of roster. Not the opportunity to make these kind of mistakes and then come up in press conferences when you're getting a paycheck to do the job and looking at people and talking about, "Uh, you know, I think I'm doing a good job. I know the work that i put in. Uh, You know, it's just a loss. Come on, man. You can't do that. You can't do that. No. He got to go. He got to go Today. Today.
4: It's a resource business, right? And he understands what he signed up for. But, you know, to uh, TB's point, I definitely would get rid of him and get a jump on Kellen Moore so you can start interviewing coaches as soon as possible. You can interview some of the playoff coaches, bring them in, let them know there's an opening. This is one of the most, you know, attractive drives in all of football right now. Listen, they have fumbled the bag, and they're going to finish last within this division when we talk about the troubles of what the Broncos had. We talk about the Raiders, you know, going to a backup quarterback camp. You know, firing their coach on the middle of the season, you can't have this not, and not have credibility. Not to those players, you know, you got to do what's right for them. So I think, you know, I think the next question is who should they be? The who should be the next coach? and who should be the front runner. Everybody wants to throw Bill Belichick out there. He hasn't got fired in New England yet. You know, I, I think you know, probably a guy like Ben Johnson is going to be a hot name out there for the commodity, and they have to figure out a way how to get something out of this, out of this defense. Their defense was so bad, and it had to be so bad, that they gave J.C. Jackson $80 million. He asked to get traded back to New England. That's how bad hear- those concepts had to be. Go ahead, my yeah, team. I-
2: Yeah, no, I totally agree with Barr on that point, Steve A., which is this. If you're a coach and you're looking at the ideal situation, you got a great young quarterback, you got the LA market, and this has been a moribund franchise, it can only go up. So, prospective candidates are going to see this as by far the best job out on the market.
1: I'm going to hold ownership accountable, too. Here's why you moved from San Diego because you definitely had a Chargers fan base there. You're in the second largest market in the United States of America. There are an abundance of distractions in Los Angeles. People can easily find something else to do, which makes it incumbent upon you to step up and to make sure you give them all you got. You got a roster like this. You got a staff, because I know some of those people over there with the Chargers. That's an an A-class organization in terms of the people. They're great people over there. To sit up there and to watch your team just lag along And never elevate themselves and try to claim this market the best you possibly can. And to sit up there and allow mediocrity to sift through this franchise like a virus in this city is inexcusable. Staley has to go today.
0: All right. We're going to leave it there. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is always a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by categories like fragrance, handbags, and more. Or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything. Pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, Samsung, smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th, and it'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com .com/giftfinder today that's macy's.com/giftfinder thanks so much for listening to the pod and have a fabulous day Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Have you ridden an electric bike yet? Well, you need to check out electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, The majority of their models come pre-assembled so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to more exploring time outside on their bikes. So they've made range a priority. Long range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range for up to 150 miles on some models. Without Dre last night, the Warriors fell to the LA Clippers 121-113. Golden State sitting at 10 and 14, well below 500. Steph Curry was asked about Draymond Green's indefinite suspension post game. You
1: know, he can't do what he's been doing. He knows that, we know that, everybody knows that. Um, what that means to change, I think that's the search for the answer, right? Like that's the, the journey that we're on now.
5: Everybody has their their mountains to climb. And, you know, Draymond's are uh, are his. And, you know,
1: I'm confident he can get over the hump however long it it needs to, you know, take to get there. Mm.
0: Meanwhile, Steve Kerr fielding questions yesterday, including the criticism of Steph Curry for not being a leader and more vocal during this Draymond saga. Here's Kerr with more.
5: Steph is um, as good of a leader as I've Ever been around? I mean, the guy is an amazing human being, and what he's done the past decade um, in leading this team through all of the ups and the downs and uh, the turmoil um, for anybody to question Steph Curry's leadership—it's—it's um, actually—it's um, kind of sickening to me, you know. And I saw some of that yesterday. It was disgusting. So That's a big part of the job these days as a professional athlete. You have to deal with with everything, and you have to accept it. Um, But there are times when you kind of have to say, really? Like, that's the angle you're going to take? You're going to question Steph Curry's leadership? Like, really? We're going to do that? Think about that.
0: Mm. Steve Kerr calling critics of Steph Curry's leadership disgusting. Stephen A., you talked yesterday about Steph Curry's
6: leadership. it It wasn't critics. He, he, he know who he was talking to. He, he know who he was talking to. He was talking to you. He was talking to you. Yeah.
0: He's, talk, yeah. he's talking to me. He's talking to me, Molly. Uh, okay. Kendrick Perkins and Brian Windhorse here. Hi, guys. Uh, thanks for being with us. Mm-hmm. Stephen A., yeah, what's your reaction to what Steve Kerr had to say if, if he was speaking directly to you? Steve
1: Kerr, Steve Kerr didn't mention me by name. I'll mention Steve Kerr by name. I'm disgusted with him. You see, this is the problem. This is the problem. Okay, no, 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 you can leave me up on the split screen with everybody, please. This is the problem, okay? Steve Kerr, no one is questioning Steph Curry as a leader. What we said was, quote, if that were LeBron James, we would have said, where are you? So in this particular instance, we're not talking about behind the scenes. We're talking out front and center. We were asking, Steve Steph Curry, where are you on this? Because you're such a great leader. Because you're such a phenomenal individual. Because you're the closest thing to perfection that I think most of us have ever seen as a professional athlete. We're asking about the impact that you've seemingly been unable to have on a teammate who loves and reveres you like Draymond Green. But Steve Kerr twisted it. Because we want to sit up there, he—he he wanted. I, I don't even want to use the words. You understand that—that—that that, that, that I'm tempted to in terms of him fawning over Steph Curry. We all fawn over Steph Curry. Why would you try to twist it like that? You trying to tell me that Steph Curry's not a human being? That. Every single thing about him is absolutely positively perfect that we can't sit here while revering him and respecting him and appreciating everything about him. We can't simply sit here and say, yo, you of all people, you might be able to have an impact on Draymond Green, whether we're right or wrong in that. I'm just talking about speculating about that because of the phenomenal person, athlete, professional That Steph Curry has proven to be. If I'm looking at Draymond, who is Draymond hurting most? He's hurting Steph Curry. Because Steph Curry is so great still that without Draymond Green, he's out on the court without his guy. Which hurts him. That's the point that we were making. But Steve Kerr twisted up. And that's the problem that I have with him, and people let him get away with that because he's such a good man, and he's a top-five coach of all time in my estimation, and he is a good man. Everybody that knows that about Steve Kerr is a good man. He's decent. He's conscientious. He's a leader. He's a winner on every level. We know what he's been through in his life. The fact that he is the human being that he is, we revere him too. But from time to time, we might ask a question about Steve Kerr. It's disgusting to ask a question. That's a problem. And he's talking about the days that we're living in and all of this stuff. And clickbait, my brother, you didn't say my name, but I don't need clickbait. We've been number one 12 years. With or without YouTube, with or without social media, been number one. Period. Number one. Month over month, week over week, year over year for 12 consecutive years. I don't need no damn clicks. We're on a national television show, which you used to do, Steve Kerr. Because he was calling games. Yeah. Yeah, you in TV? Come on. on now. Just stop that nonsense. We can ask the question without somebody being disgusted. Because, oh my God, we didn't fawn over Steph Curry with every syllable that we uttered out. of We know how great of a person Steph Curry is. Nobody impugned the integrity of Steph Curry. What we said was, if it were LeBron James, he would have been held to a certain standard. Why is it that standard applicable to Steph
6: Curry? That's all. That's all. Go ahead, y'all. Kendrick? You know what? Molly Stephen A., I'm kind of like, you know, Latoya lucky in this moment, torn in between the two, because part of me is agreeing with Stephen A., and he's right. But the o- other part of me is saying this, right? And I've been preaching this the entire time. Just because you're the franchise player, just because you're the best player on the team, doesn't make you the vocal leader. I've been on plenty of teams that the best player wasn't the actual leader. Now they led on the floor with their play and their production and their professionalism. But as as drama and things that happen outside of the basketball court, they shy away from that, including LeBron James. If you, if you ask any of LeBron James' teammates, teammates that he played with, that he's playing with, if drama come about, LeBron James distances himself from drama when it doesn't have anything to do with the game of basketball. And so when I think about Steph Curry right now, he has never been a vocal leader, meaning publicly talking about situations that doesn't affect the game or have anything to do with the game. And here's the thing that i got to say. This is more about Steve Kerr than it is Steph Curry because Steve Kerr always goes on the podium and protects Draymond Green every single time, even after the game. Oh, I didn't get a chance to see the play. Yeah, you saw it. Yeah, you saw it. When are you going to go and really – aggressively called Draymond Green out. He did it yesterday, but it was in a soft tone voice. Oh, we have to get him help. We have to do it this way. Okay, that's fine. We all acknowledge that Draymond Green is going through something and he has to get help. We get that. But go out there and make a stance and make a real statement. Like, this will not be tolerated on this team. I'm tired of it. That's what Steve Kerr should have did. Right? He's on the front of this ship right now. He's the captain of this ship right now. He is why Stephen A., you, and I, and probably Wendy have him as a top five coach of all time. I bet you Greg Popovich would have called one of his players out publicly in an aggressive manner. So I can't blame this on Steph Curry and Stephen A. I get where you're coming from, but because I shared the locker room with so many guys, that was the franchise guys. That just wasn't the vocal leader when it came down to drama. They shied away from it.
1: Go ahead, Wendy. I'll chime in, but I'll wait for you.
3: This this situation with Draymond Green uh, has a lot of fathers. For all the stuff that the Golden State Warriors organization has done very well in this last decade, and books have been written about it, and rightly so, they have their biggest mistake is how they've handled Draymond. And number one is Draymond because you have to take personal accountability. But they have appeased him down the line for years. And I mean down the line, I mean ownership, I mean the front office, I mean the other leaders in that locker room, including Steph Curry. Um, it is all of them. Are, are partially responsible for the where we have arrived now, which is a crisis point where... And it, it's not b- burying the head in the sand. Sometimes you see teams bury their head in the sand. Their eyes were wide open. They've been wide open on this for a long time. They were wide open a year ago when they let him off the hook after punching Jordan Poole. They were wide open when they signed him to a $100 million extension last offseason. And Steph Curry is part of that situation. But I think that Steph Curry leads in a different manner. And on Steve Kerr's point, I'll I'll, see on the, I'll agree with him on that point. Steph, Steph doesn't lead the way LeBron does. Steph doesn't lead the way Kevin Garnett alongside Perk led. Steph sometimes leads by being a positive influence. Sometimes in, when, when the team is down, Steph brings joy to the room. And that may not be the conventional leadership. That may not be the leadership that was needed with Draymond Green. Mm -hmm. But that's how Steph leads. Sometimes Steph leads by uplifting. Uh, But I will just say that when you look at what's happened with Draymond, absolutely Steph bears (laughs) some of the blame. But there's a big, long line of people in that same situation. Uh,
1: Let me say something. And it's going to be uncomfortable, so don't attach yourself to this, Perk. Don't attach yourself to this, Wendy. Uh, Before I say what I'm about to say, let me say, Perk, that I wasn't talking about Steph Curry, the star player, and that was it. I was talking about somebody that Draymond Green has articulated his love and affection and devotion to for many years. That's what I was talking about. The fact that he has that kind of reverence and respect for Steph Curry, the man, not just the player. That's what I was talking about. That's point number one. Point number two. Let me say this to Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr is many things. I think he's one of the top five coaches in the history of basketball. I think he's a conscientious observer uh, that is an additive to this world. Um, I think that he's a person whose voice needs to be heard. I have profound respect for Steve Kerr. I know what he is on so many levels and a born winner in so many ways in life. There is one thing that he is not. And that is a black man. When I made the statement yesterday that if this were LeBron James, we would be holding him to a different standard. Who the hell said I was talking about the Warriors? I was talking about all of us. LeBron James sits up there and walks around with perfume and gets accused of passing gas half the time. He does. Somebody else does something that has nothing to do with him. Where's LeBron? There's social justice issues going on. Where's LeBron being a conscientious observer? Where's LeBron? We do this all the damn time. So what I said was, okay, if that's the standard we're holding him to, is it fair to hold him to that, but not hold somebody like a Steph Curry or others to that standard? If that's what we're doing, that's not about the Warriors. That's about us as a society. That's about the media that covers the sport. That's about a whole bunch of things that have nothing to do with, Steph, with Steve Kerr and Steph Curry. But what Steve Kerr wanted to do was twist it as if, my God, we're lamenting and excoriating and insulting the great Steph Curry knowing none of us would do that. I challenge you, Wendy. I challenge you, Kendrick Perkins. Pick a newspaper. Pick a, pick a, pick a network. Pick a radio show anywhere where somebody is disrespecting or insulting Steph Curry. Show me where it is because I can't find it. It's nowhere. No one does it. But Steve Kerr tried to make it seem that's what we were doing. He is wrong. He is wrong. And nobody wants to sit up there and call Steve Kerr outfit because, my God, Steve Kerr can't do anything wrong. Yes, the hell he can. He is a human being just like everybody else. We did nothing. Nothing to insult Steph Curry. We did nothing to excoriate that man. Nothing. We said there's a standard somebody else in the league is held to. This man's a four-time champion. He's great. He's a role model, an exceptional role model, an exceptional human being. All the things that Steve, that Steve Kerr articulated. And what Steve Kerr tried to do is twist it and make it seem like we were saying something. We're not. So clearly, you just don't like people. Well, guess what? As great as you are, some people might not like you either. But you're still a great coach. And you're still a great human being. But I don't appreciate what he did yesterday. He didn't say anybody by names. I'm assuming it was me. I could be wrong. But he was talking about the media. And I resent the fact that he tried to twist the narrative into something that it was not. We did not. Nobody. Nobody. Here at this network, here at this show, or anywhere else, nobody said anything about Steph Curry. He twisted it into that.
6: Uh, but That's see wrong. This, But see, this is why I called Steve, uh, Steve Kerr out yesterday. This is what he do. Instead of keeping the main thing, the main thing, which was Draymond Green, That was the main focus yesterday. Keep it on him. No matter what the reporters ask, no matter what question they asked about Steph Curry, Steve Curry, keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing was Draymond Green. And so, Wendy, when I go back to you again uh, because you you brought up a point about LeBron. You know this just like I know this from covering LeBron James since he's been in high school. He shies away from drama. Just because you're the best player in the, on the team or the franchise guy doesn't make you the vocal leader. And that's say I'm going to leave on this point. Last year, when Draymond Green knocked Jordan Poole out, right, who did we hear about calling the meeting and getting everybody together? It wasn't Steph Curry. It was Kevon Looney and Andre Iguodala. That's who brought the locker room together after Draymond did what he did to Jordan Poole.
0: Okay, it wasn't guys. Steph Curry. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine, especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups, sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or you just <laughs> skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up, power your buys, your tries the right way, or de-stress with a little cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited double miles on every purchase every day, and you can use those miles on any travel purchase. Plus, earn unlimited 5X miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. Your next trip is closer than you think with the Venture Card from Capital One. Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Hey, Molly Caram here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards, scoring beatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code TAKE. That's code TAKE. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Good day, welcome back to First Date, coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17 in New York City. Oh, it's a gorgeous day. Actually it was freezing when I was walking in, but it's cool. Makes us tougher, right, Bart Scott?
4: Yeah, you, your comments off air just made me tougher.
0: <laughs> oh, Stephen A., you wish you were here for that conversation. But uh, Disney owns us, so we're going to keep <laughs> it rolling here. Time for DraftKings Sports. Would you smile, Stephen A.?
1: No, I'm not smiling. I got more to say about Steve Curry, just ain't suitable for FCC airwaves, so let's move on.
0: Okay, but here's the good news. You got the Stephen A. Smith show, and you have as much time as you want on there. No,
1: I'm not right? going to do it there either. Trust me. I wouldn't it ain't even suited for that show. Let's move on.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I'll take a breath. Uh, Bart, let's make people some money. Yes. We got sportsbooks predictions here, brought to you by DraftKings. So, Bart, will Dak Prescott throw for more or less than 280 and a half yards against the Bills?
4: I think less. I think because of the inclement weather, uh, Dallas doesn't travel on the road and, and perform as, as well on the road as they do at home. They won't have all the, you know, the, the confines of a and t uh, Stadium crowd noise. I'm gonna go less simply because I think Sean McDermott tries to run the ball to play keep away uh, from this explosive offensive Dak Prescott.
1: I don't, I'm going to go with more because I think that Mike McCarthy, even in inclement weather, is going to tell Dak Prescott to continue to throw the football because of Buffalo's injuries. I think they're going to try to take advantage of it. I'm going to go with a little more than that.
0: Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what you say, Stephen A., if Dak goes in there and just balls out in Buffalo.
1: I'll be looking forward to that. i give credit what credit is due. As long as I for the Super Bowl, I'm good.
0: No. <laughs> Oh, it's very fitting for the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl in Vegas. All right, I got to keep going. Uh, Bart, will Justin Jefferson throw for more or less than 75 and a half yards against the Bengals?
4: Now, this is a tough one for me because, you know, he's he's just had a rough season. You know, last week coming back after the long layoff, getting hit in the chest and having the, the chest contusion. I think I'm going to go. I don't know what I told the producers, but I'm going to go with more. Well, I'm going to go less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to go with less because simply, you know, considering um, Mullins to being a quarterback, I think it's going to be some tough sledding for him right there.
0: Okay. Not
1: That's just it. that. I'm going to go with less because who else do they have to throw the football to? All you got to do from Cincinnati is kill Justin Jefferson mm. you'll win.
0: The Chang. All
1: right. not like their rookie, though. Well,
0: yeah. yeah,
4: Addison's been balling out. Absolutely. Yeah, he, 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 he held balling. it up for him. When he, I like him. I like him a lot.
0: Bart, have you heard of uh, Taylor Swift's boyfriend, Travis Kelsey?
4: Who's that? Whatever. I he
0: going go for more or less than 63 and a half receiving yards against the Packs.
4: I think they get right. This is one of those games where Kansas City is going to try and get right and try and quiet the doubters. I think they're going to you know, be able to try. Like, this is low pressure right here, right? Because you look at New England who played great defense this year, um, but I just think Mahomes is going to get back on track after a controversial week and he's going to make sure that his weapons you know, perform at a higher level and Kelsey's you know, um, number one.
1: Respect New England's defense, but of course I believe in Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. I definitely believe in more than 63 and a half yards.
0: Okay, we'll leave it there. We hope you guys get paid. Let us know how you did. I'm going to make hey, Stephen you a, give a, a, a smile. Probably, probably a 10%. By noon, he's going to be smiling like the Cheshire Cat. Just watch.
5: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America.